Welcome. You've joined the Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Our show is here to help you achieve better, better love, better sex, and a better, more intimate relationship. Are you ready? Take notes and send us your questions. This is the Sexy Lifestyle. Now, here are your hosts, Carol and David. Hi, everyone. I'm Carol. And I'm David. Are you ready to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny? Well, you've come to the right place because that's what the sexy lifestyle is all about. And you know, David and I are passionate about making your sex life the best it can be. We sure do. And we love talking about sex and sexuality, sexual pleasure, communication, consent, respect, and relationships. And we hope our discussions open up your dialogue about great sex because... Well, great sex matters. And we all deserve it. We sure do. So, have you ever considered a career in the adult industry? I did. Just never made it. But perhaps you want to get into filming porn, doing cam sex, opening a swingers club, or even doing some sexy event planning. Does all this sound fun and exciting, but scary as well? On today's show, we're going to be talking about the ups and downs as well as as the do's and don'ts for any newcomers in the adult entertainment industry, including some really good reasons why you might want to earn a living in the space of sex and sexuality. For sure. But before we get going and talk to today's special guest, we want to talk a moment about our top waterproof blanket. You know, it's our show sponsor because great sex is messy sex, but nobody wants to sleep in the wet spot. So if you're fed up with having to change your sheets every time, you have sex then you need one of our top waterproof blankets it's 100% waterproof and leak proof and it guarantees to keep your bed and mattress dry no matter how wet it gets from messy massage oils or silicone lubes to all sorts of sexy wetness just throw it in the washer and dryer and it comes out looking like brand new and you don't have to leave your house to get one simply and safely go to amazon and order yours today search top waterproof blanket that's t-o-p waterproof blanket Great sex starts now. It sure does. And I bet you on today's show, we're going to talk about a little bit of squirting with our guest and Carol, because they are both experts in that. We're going to remind you that this is a sexy lifestyle. We are Carol and David, and we really do have a special guest on our show today. Entrepreneur Coraline Jewell is, has authored a book about her life called When the Ice Melts. Surrounded by sex and sexuality, she shares her journey through the, all the ups and downs of making a living in the adult entertainment world. So, Coraline, welcome to The Sexy Lifestyle. Thanks for taking time out of your day for being here and um, sharing your experiences with us. Thank you for welcoming me. Hello to both of you. Hi. Uh, you know, we met Coraline about five years ago, I think it was, at a swingers party in California near Temecula. Um, it was held at a beautiful vineyard. Oh, we loved that party so much. Um, but then just recently, David bumped into her again on LinkedIn, and we found out that Coraline wrote a book. We did. We did. And you know, Coraline, I, I read the whole book. I was absolutely fascinated by all the different chapters of your life. And man, oh man, have you gone through ups and downs and ins and outs of your life. And you started out as an Olympic skating competitor and coach, and then you became a fitness club owner, and you moved into the sexual realm by selling panties online. You did sex videos, then cam girl, stripper, swing club owner, party organizer. Oh my God. And you're only like in your 40s. Wow, that's a whole lot of career moves. And we're going to get all into this. But first... Let's start by talking about what's going on right now with your life. So how has COVID-19 changed you, your sex life, and your relationships in 2020? 
So I would say that um, it hasn't really changed me um, relationship-wise. Uh, a little bit harder to date, but I did recently meet someone, and our state is starting to allow us to go out to dinner and out to drink. So I'm able to continue dating and see where it goes in my new relationship. But the biggest impact it had on me is it made me sit down and finish my book. Uh, my book was a project, so it made me sit down and say, you know what, you're stuck home finished the book and then I found a publisher and I've been really putting my effort and energy towards that, which I might not have done had I been distracted being out and about in the social life world. Absolutely. And you know, it has affected a whole bunch of us in all different ways. So that's actually a very positive way in your case. So that's kind of a nice story. I like that. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Now, if we're going to get right into your book in in a little bit, but why don't we talk a little bit about how you, um, how you grew up and and how you um, kept learning uh, all different things. You went to school, but you also kept learning throughout, throughout your career. So why did you like going back to school every time you had like a dip in your career? Um, I really do feel that like you're never, uh, you know, continued education is key. Okay, so you can never stop learning. You can never stop educating yourself. Um, And so that's why I decided to become a certified personal trainer and work with children in that aspect. And I was a ice skating coach and um, then my theatrical degree. Whatever I can do, I continue to study, learn, read, and see where I can apply my new knowledge to different aspects of my careers. And I say career. (laughs) You're absolutely right. David listed a very long list of careers. And I didn't even get them all in there. (laughs) But what's very cool, I mean, you ended up in the world of sexuality, and we live in that world as well. You know, we're swingers. We have our podcast. We um, go and do our, our show on location. But as you went through school, you actually got a BA in theatrical production. What what attracted you to that field? field? Yeah, so um, I grew up as a competitive figure skater, which you had mentioned earlier. And my original goal was to start my own Circus de Soleil show on ice in Las Vegas. That was kind of what I wanted to do. So I got the theatrical degree and I had been an ice skater competitor and figure skating coach for so many years. But then marriage and children led me a different direction. But I do think that my theatrical degree really has played a benefit in how I run swinger events and how I create Mm -hmm. weddings Mm -hmm. and uh, working in the adult industry. All that uh, comes together and it's, it's creating, whether you're creating a theatrical set or you're creating a porn set or you're creating a wedding or an event. It's very interesting you say that because later on in the show, we're going to get into one of your um, enjoyments in sexuality, which is role playing. And it seems to fit very much into you being in theatrical production as well. Yes, correct. Um, A lot of my adult work as well, as we'll discuss later, that... um, that gives me a chance to use my acting degree, you know, it gives me a chance to, to test my ability and see if I still can indeed act and not be so cheesy. <laughs> well, actually, I think an acting degree would help anybody in any career at any part of their life. So actually, kudos for you. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> yes, except, of course, for orgasms, because we never want to act. We want right. orgasms to be real yes, every yes. time. Well, you know what, David? I'm really glad you picked up on that. That was, that was a good call. <laughs> no faking <laughs> orgasms, ever. Uh, speaking of which, Coraline, tell us a little bit about how you grew up sexually. Were you uh, very uh, sexually active as a child? I know you're a competitive skater, so sometimes there's a lot of discipline there, and you're, you're told not to have boyfriends. Correct. So I would say um, I was... 
I did have boyfriends, yes. I was not sexually active. I was known as, what did they used to call me? Uh, Miss Blue Balls. That was Ooh. my nickname. Ooh. <laughs> I, I know, I never had sex. I mean, we would, you know, foreplay, oral, but no sex. I was really focused on my ice skating and my career and my goals to be in the Olympics that anything that would have jeopardized if I had gotten pregnant or anything like that, that could have changed my entire goals and you know all the work that I put into uh trying to make it to the Olympics mm -hmm. so such active I was not a little sexual tease and a flirt 100 <laughs> percent cool but but you know you know sex is primal did you at least masturbate did you lie in bed at night and play with yourself and and like did you start having dreams and orgasms earlier on or was all that put aside until you um got into uh, I mean out of skating and that's the crazy thing is that, um, no, I didn't masturbate. I mean, I really was 100% get up, take an take a taxi to the ice rink, train, walk to school, walk back to the ice rink, eat, homework, skate, home, bed, wake up, start again. Wow. <laughs> that was pretty dedicated. That was my life, very dedicated and dedicated. Um, I always want to let people know dedicated on my own choice. Never once were my parents forcing me mm -hmm. to do it. Never once. I have stage parents, but I just wasn't sexual at well, the time. No, and that's okay. You had your priorities and that's okay. We all are like mature and, and, um, you know, realize where we're at in our lives and it's a journey. So it doesn't have to start or stop in any particular order. It's whatever works for you. Now, I know you have had a lot of different careers in your life and, did you have a favorite by chance? Oh, goodness. I would say that, you know, everything that I've done, I don't regret. So every everything, whether it was an ice skating coach, a fitness trainer, wedding planner um, in the adult industry, I don't regret. The thing that I enjoy the most, honest and truly, is running my lifestyle swinger events. Mm. Um, I like to challenge myself with what, what can I create next? So what kind of entertainer can I bring in that'll blow their mind? What kind of venue can I find that's going to be, you know, even better than the last New Year's or the last Halloween, stuff like that. And I love to decorate and I love to be the hostess. I love to be able to have my staff. I've got an amazing team that works with me that I, it gives me the ability to walk around and actually be the hostess of my club. And I think, so that's my favorite of all everything that I do. Yeah. You know, I knew, I knew you were going to say that because when we were with you at that party, you put on in uh, Temecula at that vineyard, um, we found you absolutely adorable. And Carol and I were actually talking about how can we like talk to her and the, go play with her and you were so 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 focused on making sure the party was great for everybody out there you you didn't take any time to have fun at the party yourself even though you're a swinger you were there all work making sure everybody was having a good time and when carol and i left we said you know what? we have to one of these days find a way to get back in touch with her because you do look like a great person who we would love to play with well thank you i appreciate that i make it um I make it very, uh, I guess a priority would be the word that when I'm working an event, I'm working an event. And I think that it is unprofessional for me to disappear from my event to go and play um, if there's an emergency or an issue. Also, I feel that it might affect um, 
later on if someone comes to an event the next time and I don't play with them mm-hmm. and I played with them last time there could be some hurt feelings and then I lose a customer and I lose a friend and so I've just made it a point that I do play at my events at 2 30 in the morning when everything's done and I'm no longer you know the hostess on, right. um, and if I go to lifestyle events of course I'll play but when I'm hosting um, my number one focus is you know that my my guests and friends because my community has become my friends are having a good time so with your creativity and of course, we've already experienced one of your beautiful parties that you hosted. Uh, what would be the difference between hosting a swinger event as opposed to hosting a, a wedding event? Which you did also in your career. Right. Yes. Um, <clears throat> so a swingers event um, is usually more stressful. I know that sounds crazy and weird, but because um, I experience sometimes where I've got to go and break up maybe a, an argument between a couple or there's drama where a single lady maybe has drank too much. So, you know, I do lifestyle coaching now because I'm trying to avoid having to have to also be a therapist at my event. <laughs> um, right. <laughs> that, is, that is a lot of what I have been doing in the past. I'll have to stop being the hostess to sit down with a couple and calm everybody down. So, um, that whereas a wedding, a wedding is very scheduled. You know, it's what time is dinner served? When is the first dance? When are the speeches? The toasts, the bouquet toss, the cake cutting, and it's over. And so, uh, weddings usually go. I could do a wedding, I think, with my hands behind my back, but a swingers event's absolutely not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and and it's not very often that we talk about swinging where we actually get into all these complications that happen during parties. But of course, we have talked about jealousy, and even though David and I don't experience jealousy in our lives because we're very secure, we're a very strong couple. But a lot of people don't realize that if you aren't that strong couple and you get yourself into a swingers event and you're not quite ready, um, yeah, shit can happen. And that's probably where you're talking about being the therapist, where that couple probably was not ready to go as far as they probably did. Uh, absolutely. That's that's really what um, I started to realize. As I said, I started to realize I was stopping my events and I was breaking up an argument or sitting with a couple and, you know, explaining to them. So now I do lifestyle coaching and I have seen a significant difference in couples that have been to my parties for one, two years. And they're coming up and telling me, thank you. We didn't realize we were making these mistakes and how to go at it right. Right, because there's not really a book that says how to be a swinger. I mean, there's just not really a lot of information out there. Of course, we get asked a lot of things, and we have our podcast that gives a little bit of information, but there's really not a lot of information out there as to the steps, the mistakes, the things that you can avoid, that kind of stuff. Correct, and everything's personal. I mean, it's, it has to do with that individual person and that individual couple, and nobody's relationship is like somebody else's relationship. Mm-hmm. Everybody difference you have to tailor getting involved in anything like this to your unique situation right right and in our next segment we're going to get into you as a swinger with your husbands and and all the trials and tribulations you went through and uh, you know the next point i want to bring up is something we would normally bring up at the end of the show but the end of the show is going to talk about you in the porn industry which is all about you know great sex but you know, when I went through your book, um, at the end of the book, you talk about how just recently your family found out about what you had been doing in the world and the business of sexuality. And how did you work yourself through that and talk to them about it? And like, do they still talk to you? I uh, guess so. To shorten the story is that my my sister, I was sister adopted from China. So she found my Instagram account 
and she it was older and in the short version is she is the one that outed me to my family mm-hmm. and I, i'm you know to this day it's a very 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 difficult thing for me to forgive because it was something that i was going to sit down with my family members all together and tell them all together when i realized that this was a career path that i was going to stay in at that time i wasn't really you know 100% in the adult industry and she outed me and so I had to come clean and I do talk to everybody um, and everybody you know accepts me my children know my mom knows my dad knows um, my community knows my friends know it's no longer a secret especially because it's out there in my book as well too Mm -hmm. but um, it's not the way that I wanted to share it I wanted to sit down and sit down and tell everybody and explain my story to everyone and let them know why I chose this path and um to this day, I honestly have to say, I don't think that I forgive my sister for outing me like that. She was an old enough 19-year-old. She should have called me and mm-hmm. discussed it with mm-hmm. me. Interesting. Well, we came out, um, what was it, about six, seven years ago when we got into the business of sexuality and we were hosting parties and we were doing trips and we were doing radio shows uh, on local radio stations. And we were just... Um, worried that our kids would find out through someone else and have all these preconceived notions so we sat them all down in age-appropriate conversations we told them what we were doing and you know what they really didn't even come back and ask very many questions they don't even want to know that their parents are having sex so you know now years later a couple of them are asking questions they're exploring their sexuality so you know it, it for us it was the right decision to do back then Looking back on your situation, uh, would you have told your family earlier on in life or do you think the timing was right? Um, So I got into this industry when I was 35 years old. So that's a lot older to be getting into, you know, working in the adult industry. My children were too young at that time, and I don't think that they would have understood at all. Um, I waited, as I said, I had waited because I wanted to see if I was going to be successful in the industry. Was I just going to do one or two movies or one or two swinger events and realize I hated all of it? Or was I actually going to make a name for myself and be successful? And I was going to tell them and then it was just outed in the wrong way. So I actually had to call my mom over the phone and tell her, and she did, she, you know, she was very accepting. Um, and my oldest son, uh, just laughs and says, I don't want to hear anymore. Kind of like what your boys, you know, your children said. And my younger one, uh, I haven't spoken with him yet. So mm-hmm. I really haven't told him yet, but I know he knows cause I get mail here and he goes, ah, oh, geez, Coraline got mail again and he'll throw <laughs> it at me. <laughs> so, you know, they, I think he knows, but he's, I'm not going to sit down and discuss it with him yet. He's still a little young. There you go. And, you know, we did, of course, we did not regret telling our children the way we did. And we left it open for them to ask questions. And really, the older ones are the only ones who did have questions. And now it's just par for the course. They know we do our radio show. They they know to when to stay away. They know when we're having a party. They say, okay, I'm not coming home, you know. And that's fine. They're all grown kids today. I mean, we call them kids yeah. still, but they're all adults at this point. So that's all great stuff, and we're having a great opening here. And just want to ask you to hold on for a little bit while we remind everybody that we are Carol and David. This is The Sexy Lifestyle, and we're talking with author and entrepreneur Coraline Jewell all about the various businesses in the adult world. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. So, you know, people have been asking us, what's changed after four years of doing the podcast? Well, a lot has. But to be honest, the orgasm gap still remains a challenge for many couples. You know what I'm talking about. 
Men tend to finish before their female partners. You've heard us talk about Promescent for years. Their urologist-developed FDA-compliant delay spray can help men last up to 64% longer without loss of sensation. And it's great because Promescent is quickly absorbed into the penis and it doesn't transfer to your partner. And speaking of your partner, I think we can all agree that sometimes women, even when alone, still have challenges around reaching orgasm. So now, Promescent has created a female arousal gel. I love it. It's a clitoral stimulant that she can rub into her clitoris for increased pleasure and a lot more satisfaction during pretty much any type of sexual activity that you can think of. Absolutely. So now they've got promescent delay spray for him and arousal gel for her. So basically, they're closing the orgasm gap on both sides. And remember to check out their amazing lubes as well. Yeah, trust us. Try these amazing products and you'll thank us later. Seriously, just write to us at ask at and tell us how it went. So try Promescent today. Just go to the website www.promescent.com. That's P-R-O-M-E-S-C-E-N-T dot com. Yeah, and now, and especially for a limited time, if you enter Sexy Lifestyle 15, you'll get 15% off every order. And remember, tell your friends too, that's Sexy Lifestyle 15 for 15% off. Alrighty, we're back. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. You know we're Carol and David, and we are having an amazing chat with Coraline Jewell, author of the book, When the Ice Melts, and we're going to continue our discussions with her about the business of sex and sexuality. Let's start by getting a little bit of background into your relationship with your first husband, because that was prior to you coming into the sexuality. So let's hear a little bit about your journey. Tell us a little bit about your husband and about your sex life. Okay, so let's see. I met my husband when I was living in North Carolina. I was a competitive figure skating coach again, um, and I was out there uh, coaching and training. Met my husband there. Uh, we dated for four years. Um, within that four years, I moved to Sweden. I'm sorry, I moved to Germany for a year um, without him, and then we ended up uh, getting married in 2000 and moving out to Sweden for four years. Uh, he's a great man. To this day, I will tell you that my husband, uh, my ex-husband, is a good man. He's a very good father. Um, but we got involved in the lifestyle. I, our sex life was fine. Everything was fine. We got involved in the lifestyle kind of on a fluke, which I won't ruin that part of it because that's part of my book. But we got involved in it, um, which was his suggestion. Um, I can say that selling the words, uh, you should sell your panties online. That was the sentence. To this day, if he ever says anything, he started this all. Um, uh, and that's how we kind of got involved in the lifestyle, was doing that with custom videos, with then working together on a video, with him ultimately telling me that he likes to be watched and he wanted to venture into the lifestyle world. Mm. And that's where... That's where it all began. <laughs> now, I just want to get into that selling your panties thing because, you know, we get asked questions and sometimes there's things I just don't have the answers for. Um, tell me a little bit about how that works and how do people find your panties and ask you to buy them, ask to buy them from you? So, you know, it's interesting because when my um, ex-husband, at the time my husband, came to me and said to me, how's your fitness business doing? Um, you know, is it not doing so well? Women sell their underwear online. I thought the same thing. First of all, how does he know? 
Secondly, where is he finding this? Um, and at that time, you honestly could type in buy used juicy panties online and you could find website after website. And um, also on Craigslist, you could find girls marketing, you know, and under the personals that they were selling underwear sealed and vacuum sealed. And so I started to research it and that's how I got into it. Now, um, I, I guess I could say the panty selling industry is way more competitive because when I first started that 10, 12 years ago, I could sell a pair of panties for $40. Mm. And now I'm lucky if I can get like 25 to 30 mm. for them mm. um, because I have an adult industry name. Sometimes I can get away with a little bit more, but yeah, very <laughs> it's interesting. Sure yeah, you can find them everywhere, but huh. not on Craigslist anymore. That's over. <laughs> so, oh, oh, yes, because Craigslist doesn't allow that anymore. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. So, for yourself, where do you currently sell them? Online, you have an account? Uh, so for me, there are a couple different websites um, that you can advertise. So there's one called pantydeal.com. Okay. So you can advertise your panties there. You can also sell clothing, socks, shoes, uh, custom videos for like the cross dressers. Um, and then also I just have regular clients that I've had, cust I have customers that I've had for 10 years that will still come back to me. Even when I was back at Mary, will still come to me and order a custom video or a pair of panties. Interesting. Cool. Wow. Thank cool, you cool. for that information. So, so <laughs> let's get away from panties okay. and let's get into being naked and having sex. Um, Coraline, when you met your first husband, you talk in your book about, you know, opening up and finding your sexuality and you really describe, you know, that first orgasm and finding about, about squirting, um, with him. What do you think made you so turned on and excited by, um, this man? So... I think when I look back on it, because I had squirted from the age of, when I lost my virginity at 18, I squirted. But at that time, I didn't know what that was. Um, and as my life progressed from 18 to 30, I would say 30, I thought that squirting was an orgasm. Mm -hmm. That was just what I figured. Okay, this is an orgasm. It feels good. Yes. Does it feel amazing? No. Do I crave it? No. Um, so I think that the first time that I actually experienced my orgasm with my husband um, was when I talk about my trip to Las Vegas. And I think that maybe what brought that on, honestly, was finally lowering my stress level and giving my chance, myself a chance to, to relax and enjoy this vacation and enjoy my husband and enjoy the financial freedom that we were experiencing at that time. And so if I look back on it, I think that that would be the reason that I actually was able to say, wow, okay, so this is an orgasm. I get it now. So that's exactly what we talk about all the time when we say we have to get out of our heads and into our body and reduce the stress. And, you know, that's why women have a hard time um, orgasming when their heads are filled with other things that are bothering them or that are just consuming them. Does that ever happen to you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> we all know that feeling. But I remember my first org I, I remember my first orgasm also. I, I remember I was 22. I had been sexually active for like seven years already and having sex without orgasms. And I didn't know I wasn't having orgasms. I didn't really realize that there was more to it than this. And, you know, people didn't talk about sex a lot. And so I went through seven years of having sex, lots of it, without ever having an orgasm. And how has gotten, I mean, we got into the swinging world. Have you found that your orgasms and your squirting and everything has gotten better and more intense since we started swinging and we were a lot more open and free? 
you talking to me or Coraline? I'm talking to you. Oh, yeah, and Coral, Coraline can answer as well. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I'll start by saying absolutely. By being in the swinging lifestyle, I learned more about my body uh, because many different men were trying to please me. I learned more about how to communicate what my body likes and doesn't like and what works and doesn't work. And I'm really sure that our sex life is as good as it is today because of those lessons of communication. And because, you know, I don't want to be going on a play date and then not have an orgasm. So I definitely, uh, that's my goal. It's not supposed to be your only goal in, in a sexual experience, but it certainly is a goal to have some type of um, at least a squirt or, you know, a, an orgasm by the end of the evening. And the pleasure is for sure there as we're having fun. But yeah, so I was able to definitely communicate. I think that was the main thing. What do you think, Coraline? I'm absolutely 100% in agreement. I think that every time that you um, are with a partner or with somebody new, if you don't express to them what you like or what you don't like or what makes your body tick, then you're going to end up ultimately walking away from that lifestyle experience back to your own partner, your husband, your boyfriend, whoever it may be. And you're going to end up saying, okay, well, that was awful. Mm -hmm. So let's Mm -hmm. now let's repeat at 3 a.m. in the morning, Mm -hmm. you know, and so um, for me, after I experienced that situation um, in Las Vegas with my husband at the time, um, I am very, very in tune with my body now. I can actually control to squirt or not to squirt, you know, where I never used to be able to control that. Because right. sometimes I've been in the adult industry on set and I've been told, do not squirt. <laughs> okay. So you definitely <laughs> more in tune with your body and you know what makes you tick. Very yeah, cool. Yeah, absolutely. So a, li- a little bit earlier, you spoke about how you, you got into the swinging lifestyle. Um, was it your idea, your husband's idea, or did you just fall into it? Um, it was my. It really was my husband's idea. It came upon a request for a custom video of my husband and I together. That's how it all started. And so from that video, which was an epic fail, um, I had ended up refund. I refunded the customer, and then my husband came to me and said, "That was kind of hot. I liked being watched by other people." And so that was our first step of venturing into the lifestyle and getting online and trying to research, well, where do you go? Where do you Mm. start? How does this work? And we knew nothing. We knew nobody in the lifestyle. We didn't know the rules. We didn't know safety precautions, nothing. And so that's another reason that I'm very, very, very highly involved. And I'm a big advocate for our lifestyle is to help other couples, singles, um, men and women, navigate their way through this safely. Now, we know you just mentioned the word rules, and we always talk about the three paramount rules, which is ask first, no means no, and if you don't get an enthusiastic yes, it's a no. But when you got into the lifestyle, um, you talk in your book that you had a couple of rules, and you strayed from them. Why don't you talk about that, and then what happened? So on our first experience, um, we really had decided, we went to an event and we decided, you know, that we felt that kissing was very intimate and we felt that oral was very intimate. And so we had decided, you know, um, if we ended up doing what would be a soft swap or a full swap with a couple, you know, we had to kind of uh, be careful of not breaking those. And our first night, our first experience in the lifestyle, we entered into a complete full swap situation. And within five minutes of being in the room, uh, my husband was already kissing her. My husband was already going down on her and that broke me. And, but however, we got in the car, we communicated with each other and, you know, I expressed, um, my feelings and how I was hurt and upset and ultimately we realized that you can't really soft swap or full swap 
with a couple if you're not kissing them or oral because it didn't work. So, <clears throat> you know, it's about communication and adjusting your rules and figuring out what does and does not work for you. But then you both ultimately have to uh, stick to that. Right. And when we talk all the time about if you have rules, you don't change them on the fly. You stick with the rules that evening. You go home. You talk about what worked, what didn't work, what you want to change, and you go back and change your rules next time because you can change. You know, anytime you have a different play date. But the one thing you don't do, and people do do it, unfortunately, and then they have issues, is don't change the rules on the fly. Absolutely. Now. I'm not going to get into the relationship that you had. You eventually got into an exclusive relationship, you and your husband, uh, with another couple. And eventually, um, it didn't work out and it ended up um, being an issue in your marriage. And if people want to hear that whole story, they can read your book. But my question to you is, um, why did you get into an exclusive relationship when in the lifestyle you have the option of playing with so many couples? I think that because we were so brand new to it, uh, we met this couple and they'd been in it for a while. And I think maybe we at that time we felt that comfort of, OK, you know, this couple we get along with in and out of the bedroom. We can go camping with them. We can vacation with them. Their kids play together. And so it was like a friendship, but also a couple that at that time we felt could um, guide us safely through this lifestyle and help us navigate our way through. Excuse me. When I look back on it, biggest mistake of my life. Mm -hmm. Absolutely the biggest mistake of my life because um, I believe that when you are exclusive with a couple, I don't think that that's a problem if you are all for always together. But I found out that uh, he was straying behind my back. Um, for a good six months with this couple, with wow. this female. Okay, so they were that. So that that was not being honest. That's not really um, consensual non-monogamy. That's non-consensual. Okay, that. <laughs> yeah, that's called cheating. Yeah, yeah. The way I describe it to people is that because people will always say to me, "But you guys were you were having sex with them anyways. What's right. the problem? Yeah, sex is sex. When you're done with sex, get out of my bedroom. Mm-hmm. Okay, an emotional connection. That's where you're now taking a relationship and you're breaking it apart. Is right. when there's an emotional connection. Now. We've been in the lifestyle 12 years, and of course, we've met hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of couples, uh, and there are definitely some couples that do exclusive relationships, like you said, in a positive way, in a successful way, where they're honest with each other, they are not doing the cheating thing that we just found out that your husband was doing, uh, and they're very happy just you know, playing with one other couple, I guess, that they trust or that they want to play with. So it's not that it's wrong to be in an exclusive relationship, it's just that you have to do it in this consensual way. Right, right. It's all about communication, 100% communication. Mm-hmm. Now, um, you talk about, you know, you being in the world of sexuality, and um, we know in the swinging lifestyle, a lot of it starts with girl-girl, with a girl kissing a girl, sucking on her tits, so on and so forth. You weren't necessarily into that right away, and then later on in, in your sexual experiences, you had your first girl-girl experience. Walk us through that. So, uh, yes, I've never actually even fantasized about it. I've never thought about it. I, it's very interesting when I look back on, you know, where I am today and where I came from, 
you know, I did a whole 180, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so my first experience was actually the first event that my husband and I had gone to, uh, the first lifestyle event. We went back and before uh, we ended up in the room with the couple where the kissing and the oral began, the girl and I went to the room first and we told the boys, you know, we were going to get comfortable with each other first and then when we were ready, they could come in and join us. And so that was my first time of having an experience with a woman and really it was just kissing. Um, just kissing and a little bit of touching. There was nothing more there. And to this day, which is a good 13, 14 years later, her and I are still friends. Yeah, that's a nice story. I like to hear that. And actually, it is yeah. very common, like what David said, that a lot of times people do get together um, with girl, girl before the, the other husband, before the other people come in to the room. That's a very common way of getting acquainted, like you said, and feeling comfortable with that other person because you do have to feel comfortable right. with the girl, with the guy. They have to feel comfortable with you and the husband. So there's a lot of complicated things going on at the same time. And that's often a way of breaking the ice and just getting things going slowly. Yes, I think so. Absolutely. And also, you know, they say that um, I'm sure you guys have talked about taking one for the team and Never. stuff like that. Yeah. And so we um, we were always very against that. You know, if my husband was attracted to the woman, but I wasn't attracted to the man, it was a no go. Absolutely. One hundred percent a no go because I never wanted it to be thrown in his face or my face. You know, I took one for the team last month. So you have to do it for right. me this right. month. So right. um, and we really making sure. And we really hope everybody out there understands that that's it's all about having fun. And if you're not having fun, then why are you doing it? And it's, so and it's, it's not really, and try, it's really for your couple. Right. And it's not trying to hurt somebody's feelings. If you don't have that connection, you just don't have that connection. You can't explain it sometimes. And uh, you don't want to take it personally and just move on and find the next couple. And that's always good, too. Correct. Now, Coraline, are you, do you prefer to play with girls or do you prefer to play with guys? And Carol can talk to that as well. I am, I prefer to play with men. I am, uh, I, I would not say I'm bisexual or bi-curious because I've experienced everything now. But um, I think that a, I like, I think I get very turned on with kissing a woman. You know, women are very sensual. Um, but ultimately, I am more attracted to men. Yeah, I'm the same. I definitely wouldn't call myself bisexual or bi-curious like you just said. But I usually say bi-situational. Uh, by friendly, yep. by selfish. If it's good for me, it's fine. It works out. But but I'm like you. I like to kiss girls. I certainly like to touch the beautiful soft skin and I see the sensuality of it. And any girl who wants to go down on me, absolutely no problem. But I don't always go down on other girls. Mm -hmm. So Carol and I will lay there and we'll just let you bring exactly. in a girl. Exactly. <laughs> okay. well, I like being the queen bee at the bottom and just being, you know, everybody on top of me. That's always good. Absolutely. There you go. So... As I went through your book, there was definitely a sexual experience that you spoke about on many occasions, and that was anal sex. And do you remember the first time you, you did it, and how did it make you feel, and is it something you still enjoy today? Uh, so first time was we touched briefly on that was when I was able to let myself go on my <clears throat> Las Vegas trip with the husband. Um, and I, I remember it 100%. And it was my first orgasm. And I would say that anal still to this day brings on my strongest and most intense orgasm. Wow. And yes, I still enjoy it, crave it and want it. But I am, and if I look back on my past, I don't think that I've allowed in a lifestyle situation, at least the first time, you know, with somebody that I might have played with to allow anal. Because I think that that's a very intimate um 
you know, sexual experience. But with partners or men that I'm dating, uh, yes, over time I do say to them, you know, okay, I want to try this with you because that's ultimately where my orgasm is at. So. Hmm. See, David, maybe that's why you haven't actually experienced uh, anal sex with another woman during the lifestyle. I mean, in the lifestyle event, because maybe they're just holding it for someone that they know a little bit better. Maybe. maybe. But I mean, um, Carol's not into anal, but she's gotten it more than I've gotten it. <laughs> she has a funny story to tell about, you know, some of our friends. We were at Naughty in Orleans. Yeah, we were um, playing in a hotel room and it was quite crowded. So, you know, the hotel rooms are not that big, but there was probably like 10 couples in there. So the bed was full. The floor was full. We were kind of in a corner. Um, anyways, the guy was doing me. It was all fun. It was we were having an amazing time. Um, then at the last second, he turns me over. He's about to come, but he turns me over to do me doggy style to finish off. And while he's pounding me just to finish, he slips out for a second. But when he pushed it right back in very quickly, he went right into my ass and he shot his load. And it all happened like in one second. He was about to come, slips out in my ass and he shoots his load in my ass. I laughed so hard. It was just funny. (laughs) I said, no, it didn't hurt. I guess I was so relaxed and there was so much lube already there that no, it didn't hurt at all. It just went boop right in. Okay. So <laughs> the funny part of the story is that Carol finishes this. She comes over to me. She tells me the story. I was playing with his wife, who absolutely loves anal, and we weren't even getting into it. We weren't even finished because there was so much going on, and I was going to have my opportunity for anal. It didn't happen. Carol, who doesn't like it, got it, and it was just one of those stories that we're going to live with forever. I know. We just Poor David. He can never catch a break. It's so funny. We laugh so hard with him. Maybe I'll have to help you out, David. Right. <laughs> oh, that's a promise you might yes, want to keep. After, after we get through COVID, we'll come visit you down in California. About 10 years then at this rate, oh, right? Oh, I hope not, that's for sure. All oh, of this is so fun. We just want to take another second and remind everybody that we are Carol and David. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. We're having an amazing discussion with Coraline Jewell. And coming up next is our favorite segment, Great Sex Matters, where it's going to be hot and horny. Please stay tuned. Absolutely. And before we get into Great Sex Matters, we'll talk about another sexy place where we go all the time, and it's at Hito 2 in Jamaica. Uh, we're going to hopefully be there in December for their Repeat Offenders event, which is going to happen the 19th to the 26th of December. They're celebrating with all their sexy and erotic guests with the lowest rates of the year, amazing Jamaican food, sexy and erotic entertainment, and of course their award-winning staff. We're really looking forward to being back to Hito. We haven't been there since January. Um, We're due to get naked on the beach and we cannot wait to be there. Just visit our website, thesexylifestyle.com to stay informed about all the sexy and open-minded events that are happening in your area and around the world. Absolutely. So, this is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David. And now it's time for our favorite part of the show where we get to talk about great sex because... Well, great sex matters and we all deserve it. And you know, we like getting down and dirty with our guests and ask them all sorts of personal questions about their sex life. So Coraline, are you ready? I'm always ready. Yay. <laughs> all right. So we've held off and we've spoken about swinging and skating and all the different things you've done in your life. But we know that you had some time as a porn star. You, like you said, you started later on in life. We'll talk about the sex later, but did you have fun? In the um, adult industry, 100%. And I still do dabble in it. So, 
Um, How do you dabble in porn? Like, <laughs> is, is, is a cock and a pussy is a cock and a pussy. Exactly, exactly. If I just, I mean, if I get offered some kind of, um, you know, uh, for me, everything's a challenge, if that makes sense. So if I just get offered a shoot and it's just a boy and girl shoot, well, I've done that a million times, nothing, you know. But if somebody contacts me and says they're trying to do a challenge and they want to have me do a virtual reality show where I'm playing like an anime character, well, that's a challenge for me because now I get to put my acting skills to use. And so even though it is an adult industry shoot, it's definitely something that I'd consider doing. Cool. Now, is porn sex as or more exciting than real intimate sex? Oh, gosh, I hate to disappoint all of our viewers, but at least for me, uh, no. So uh, porn sex is very, it's you know, a lot of it's staged. We do what's called the pretty girl pictures, and then after the pretty girl pictures, we actually take photographs of each position that you're going to be doing, whether it's with the partners or if you're in an orgy scene, because everybody has to know where everybody needs to be, you know, and we kind of have to help each other out, um, especially if you're doing, you know, four guys and four girls in a scene, you have to know who who's going to be where and with who. So it's very staged. Um, and for me, starting in the industry, I started actually as a camera operator and a director. And so I got to see that side where when you're behind the camera on the other side, you're seeing what doesn't look good. And so, you know, you have to stop the camera and you have to say, I'm sorry, let's turn, let's change it. There's a shadow here. There's a light there. Um, you know, uh, your asshole doesn't look good in this position or whatever it may be. So lots of flipping and moving and switching. Now, you just mentioned the word orgy again, which is Carol and I's favorites. We're exhibitionists. Our favorite things to do in the lifestyle are foursomes and moresomes. And in your book, you talk about uh, a scene you were doing, which was an orgy, and you had a sort of like a squirting oops. Walk us through that. Yes. So uh, this was a three-day shoot, and this was very early on in my career. I would say this was the third, I say third scene that I've ever done, but this was an actual three-day movie. So I had done two, you know, one-hour scenes prior to this, and now we are on set with, you know, seven other people that I've never met and me, so four guys, four girls, and uh, we are doing the orgy scene. And, yes, I did squirt and soak the entire bed, and so we had to stop and uh, change the sheets and start over, you know. But that's in the film, and they were okay with that. Um, but what was nice about that scene was that, and I think I talk about that in my book, when somebody was tired or sweaty or hot, you could hop over to the next person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's fun. So the uh, the oopsie squirty scene was kept into the movie. It wasn't uh, scripted, but it must have been friggin' hot if it all just happened, you know, naturally. And you exploded. And you exploded. That must have been super hot. It was hot, and I wasn't told not to. Okay. So remember I told you yeah. that I'm able to control it. If I was told don't do that, then I would have held it. Right. But uh, but there were no rules on if you could or could not, so I let it go. Wow, very nice. <laughs> Hun, can you control your squirting? Yes, absolutely. How do you do that? Well, you just do. It's like controlling your pee. You just learn. You learn to control it. I, I like when it. you let it go. I know. I, I love know. drinking squirt. I know. He does. Oh, my God. I drown him. He, all over his face. Uh, and glug, 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 yeah. Glug. And there, are you drowned yet? <laughs> no, no. Keep it coming. Okay. Oh, my God. Yeah. And the best position for Carol is like when she's sitting on my face. We're in 69 yeah. and I have her pussy wide open, some fingers inside, and she just releases. Yeah. That's the best thing. Well, for him because he likes to drink it. So, like, that's why it's the best thing for him. Okay. There you go. <laughs> 
So we had this discussion the other day, David. Answer it. My friends were watching my video Saturday night at a uh, party, a birthday party. This is all lifestyle friends. And they pulled up a video where I'm smothering. And they said, you're peeing in his mouth. And I said, I am not. Look at where the hole is. And they said, but it's yellow. And I said, well, of course it's a little bit of yellow because it's also a urinary gland releasing. But it's not pee. And they are fighting me to this day on it. It's not Tell pee. Them. It's absolutely not pee. It's a, it's a liquid that is formed in the skein's gland which is around the urethra and around the vagina and it gets swollen when you're aroused. The spongy tissue. That's right. And then that liquid ends up into the urethra and comes out with the squirt. But um, yeah, and if there's a couple drops of pee, but it's not pee. Uh, we'll have to send you some of our shows where we had some doctors explain yeah. exactly how squirting ha- right, happens right, and right. you don't have to become the expert. They can listen to the doctors. Perfect. Now, now we, we, Carol and I talk about using lube all the time. Um, I know in your book you talk about, you know, how come when you're in the porn industry and you're fucking so often, you don't get sore. Uh, tell us about your trick with coconut oil. So coconut oil, definitely if I'm just using a bottle of any kind of lube, I have to continuously reapply that for anal or just vaginal sex. But the coconut oil really does seem to last and it's good for your skin. And um, you really don't have to reapply as much at all. However, it's really important that your listeners know that it is not compatible with latex condoms. So coconut oil is more for if you are with um, your own partner. If you are playing in the lifestyle, it is not compatible Mm -hmm. with a condom at all. No. And it's natural. That's one of the nice things about it. So you don't have to worry about chemicals or silicone. It's a natural product. I mean, we love coconut oil. And it's also. a lot less expensive than silicone loop. Yeah. When you buy that big tub at Costco, oh, it lasts you a year, right? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And it's so good for your skin. And it tastes good, too. That's another thing. Coconut oil tastes good if you're doing oral, whereas mm-hmm. regular sometimes has this awful taste to it it can can we we only that's one of my main things when i'm buying lube is i have to make sure that it tastes good because i love sucking cock and there's no way i'm gonna have yucky lube in there but i do uh we do use silicone lube as well and i do buy some that doesn't have taste you know i want the, i me, i always make sure that there's no taste in it so let's move on a little bit when we're going to talk a little bit more about the role play. You talked about you, if you had a call and you wanted to do an anime character that you would definitely do that shoot. But what is it about role playing that you like? Again, I think it's the um, the ability and the opportunity to be able to use my theatrical degree for something. You know, so I'm not just going on set and doing some cheesy, you know, oh, you're the pizza man. Well, hello. You know, I, I, I like to be challenged. And so even when I go on set um, and the director asks me like this or do you want to change this? You know, I, I'm not shy to say, can we do this or can we can we change it to this role play or can I incorporate this? Because ultimately I want to challenge myself. Um, one of the scenes I told you about uh, recently was where, I, not that I shot it recently, but we were watching it, was the sm- the face smothering, right? Um, where they squirted, or I peed in his mouth. Um, I'm not, and you can probably tell this, I'm not a mean person. I'm, I'm like a nice, friendly, happy-go-lucky person. I can be mean if um, somebody's, you know, rubbed me the wrong way, but that was one scene where I walked in and they told me that I had to smother him and tell him he was a piece of shit and not let him breathe and, you know, and I actually, it was probably one of my funnest scenes because I got to really take myself out of my comfort zone and <clears throat> role play. 
and you felt like and a dominatrix. You were in charge. I felt like a dominatrix and I felt in control and I actually had an absolute blast with it. And wow. so now just anything that comes my way that's a challenge, I'll take it. And cool. did you realize that you have this dominatrix need inside you that you probably didn't even know you had? <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I, I just enjoyed it. I just enjoy, I enjoy the acting. I enjoy the role play, whether it's, you know, the mother-son, uh, the mother-stepson roles, um, the dominatrix roles, the woman that's in control, uh, the tease. Whatever it is to challenge me, and it could be so many different realms, um, I try it, yeah. you know, and then you start to learn what you like and don't like. So well, I, I got to tell you, I've got to be one of the worst actresses. I don't think I could ever do that, right? I don't have that ad lib type fun thing coming to me. I don't know. You're pretty good at some things, but definitely coming up with scenes and scenarios and stuff is not your strength. Yeah, I don't think that that would be me. I mean, I don't mind having <laughs> sex in front of a camera, but if I had to like pretend to be the stepmom and want to fuck the young guy, I, I don't know if I could do that. So kudos to you. It is hard because remember that, um, you know, in a regular movie or TV show, you have a script, right? right? And you get to script your lines. In, the, in, in porn, they just tell you this is the basic scenario. Oh. You don't have a script. You know, so I just shot in February for score and they just pretty much said, you know, you, you're on the phone, your husband's leaving, you're talking to your girlfriend, you go inside, your husband just married, uh, you know, you're the stepmother to his son and you go inside and take advantage of his son. Off you go. That's it. And you start out with that. <laughs> so you got to come up with all the dialogue and all the sexy words and, and, and be sexy and do the things you have to do. I guess it's practice, right? Yeah, yeah. And kind of like yeah. you, you trained for it and, and you studied it. Yeah, and for me, not cheesy. Mm -hmm. You know, what is the one that people always say? Porn is so cheesy, mm -hmm. you know? And so sometimes if I go on a set and the director's telling me what they want, and I can just hear it being like, oh, this is just going to be so cheesy. So if I can put an input in and they'll let me change it slightly, then I like that because then um, – I'm good at ad-libbing something if I believe in it, cool. if that cool. makes sense. So of all the sexual businesses, sexual experiences, swinger experiences that you've done in your life, what has been your favorite role play scene? Oh, I think we, I, I, I think we hit that. I think um, me smothering, uh, smothering Christian yeah, for okay. that scene. I think I've only done that once. I've done one smother scene, and that was maybe four years ago, maybe even five years ago. Um, and if I look back on that, was my fun because it was my biggest challenge. Because mm -hmm. cool. I really, really, I, that, I never told anybody, "You fucking loser, piece of shit. You want to breathe? <laughs> Tell me you want to breathe. How bad do you want to breathe? You know, I've never done that. So, so I'm not going to give it away, but in your book, you talk about having sex with a furry. Yes. <laughs> and that must have been a fun role play as well. What's interesting is is when Coraline was in that moment, in that scene, her biggest concern was, where's his cock going to come out from? <laughs> and, yeah, I, and I want right. to know. <laughs> is there a hole for it? Uh, yes, there is. And, and even since then, without giving away my book, um, uh, I've learned, I've studied a lot more after that experience, let's just say. Um, I went and did a lot of research on the whole fetish uh, world of a furry and the different aspects, you know, of uh, that fetish. Because, again, it's just that fetish of, like, panty selling, you know. It's not all about somebody that just wants to smell the woman's panties. Maybe they want to wear them. Maybe they just want to jack off on them. So, again, the furry has very different aspects of that fetish. And at that time, as you've read in my book, I had no clue 
right. about the like that that uh that fetish at all now i do <laughs> you want to know more by the book we'll tell you how in just a few minutes we're coming to the end of the show but we have um a couple of other questions we want to ask you um at the beginning of the show you talked about you know um dating and stuff like that um just tell us a little bit about your you know current situation and we really wanted to know is dating more difficult being someone who comes from the business of sex and sexuality uh, so, in my opinion, yes, 100%. Um, I have been divorced now, I believe, you know, 10 to 12 years, give or take. And uh, when I first got into, you know, divorced and dating, um, at first I didn't tell men that I met, you know, on a dating site because I didn't think that it was necessary for them to know that I sold my panties or that I was working as a director in porn or that I was running a swingers club. I felt that that was something that if I began to get intimate with someone or began to develop feelings, then yes, I would share it with them. And that doesn't go over very well because it's either, oh yeah, I don't mind. That's, that's so, you know, that's completely fine. I accept you for who you are. And then three months down the line, they want you to stop mm. or it's no, um, I can't be involved with someone like you uh, I could never bring you home to my family or my children can't find out so then you lose that relationship yeah. um, so it's been very 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 difficult for me to date uh, what we would say vanilla as we all know vanilla um, and dating in the lifestyle goes also difficult because it's all about you know oh I got to fuck Miss Hanky Panky mm-hmm. you know because I like those 18,000 members mm-hmm. and so it's difficult I recently have started seeing someone who knows everything about me and my life and hopefully let's see where that one goes he is lifestyle <clears throat> and he does accept me and so we'll see wow that's very nice it just goes to show you that there's still so much um, shame and taboo around the sexual industry and that, sex we, worker, yeah. that we really want hopefully one day to go away uh, because sex work is real work. Let's just make sure that that's very clear. Now to finish off the show, we always like to ask a question and leave our audience with some advice. So if you, um, if someone was thinking about getting into the business of sexuality like porn or cam sex, what would be the top two things they should consider first? Okay, so there, if I, you know, usually I would tell someone that um, if you're going to, and that's why I offer my coaching on my web, you know, through my website. But if you're going to get into, and I can say both, the lifestyle or the porn industry, safety is your number one. You don't pick up any job that just comes to you and says, we want to shoot you on set. It's a thousand dollars, you know, for a boy girl scene. Um, make sure you've done a background check. Make sure it's a legit company make sure you've run their phone numbers there are many 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 websites there are apps that you can run a background check on phone numbers and see who's a scam um make sure that you get the paperwork of their testing before and your testing before so that's your safety aspect and number two is communication again these are lifestyle things as well um just because you've been offered a job and it's a boy-girl scene and you know what you're getting paid and you've done your background checks and you've done your testing, what if you show up and the boy-girl scene happens to be with a boy who's maybe um, does crossover porn or is a transsexual and maybe you have made in mind or up in your mind that you don't want to do that? You know, not there's nothing wrong with that, but you have to know what you're walking into. Same with the lifestyle. You have to know when you and your husband or you and your partner go to a room with another couple, right? What is it that turns them on? What are you, are you walking into a, just a bisexual experience? Are you walking to a BDSM experience? Ask questions and communicate. Wow, that's good advice. 
And what about making like a sex video? You you did some of that with your husband. Are there some do's and don'ts for making sex videos and putting them online? Um. So. Oh, that's a real tough one because, you know, just remember my other advice on that is remember that no matter if you're going to record yourself and you're going to put it online, uh, whether you think you're anonymous or you're not or nobody's going to find you, guess what? Someday, somewhere, someone will find you. Okay, so you have to know. That's like why when I tell people that are dating me and they say to me, oh, I'll do a video with you. And I say to them, well, you'll do a video with your cock and me. No yeah. face, no yeah. Because I don't want anybody to come back and say, oh, my God, I found myself on the Internet. Mm -hmm. um, I will tell you guys one thing that's very important for your viewers to know. My ex-boyfriend and I did webcamming. And we did webcamming on a website. I won't mention their names, but a very popular website. We were recorded and we were put up all over the Internet. Wow. Okay. And one of my fans found it and said, oh, my God, that video was so or that webcam show was so hot. And my boyfriend was dev at the time. My boyfriend was devastated because wow. he ran a big company. Um, so just know that if you are going to be on a camera, on a screen, there is the possibility that you are recorded. For me, it doesn't matter. I'm out there. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm completely out there. But for someone dating me or someone that just wants to do this for sexy fun. Once you put it out there, know that you're out there and you're out there forever. Great, great, great advice. Well, Coraline, thanks so much for sharing all that amazing, sexy information. Why don't you take a minute and tell everyone uh, how they can find you online, social media, your website, and of course, how they can buy your amazing book. Okay, so let's see. So my website is Coraline. It's C-O-R-A-L-Y-N. Jewel, J-E-W-E-L.com. That's going to give you the easiest access to my social media, to um, buying an autographed copy of my book, which I actually ship out to you, or a link to go to Amazon to buy the book, When the Ice Melts, the story of Coral and Jewel. Um, it was released in June. It is a number one international bestseller. And actually, today, we will be starting working on the audio version of the book as well. Mm. Uh, social media-wise, Facebook is Coral and Jewel. My Instagram is at Coraline Jewel and my Twitter is at Sweet Blue CJ because someone started fan pages for me for Coraline Jewel and so I can't get my own name. Oh. Um, and I think that's everything. Yay. Oh, and my uh, my swinger site uh, can be connected through my website, but that is uh, my club is uh, Hanky H A N K I E. P-A-N-K-I-E lifestyle.com. Wow. And of course, if you missed any of this information, you just have to go to our website, thesexylifestyle.com, where every one of our guests has their own guest page with all their information. And you can even contact them if you have any questions about sex, sexuality, relationships, camming, videoing, um, stripping, whatever it might be. And you can always contact them for that. And you can always, of course, send us an email at ask at carolyndavid.com. And let's just take a moment to remind everybody about our new partnership with altplayground.net. That's A-L-T, playground.net. Yeah, and if you're looking for an online open-minded community to find compatible people and events in your area, you should join altplayground.net. It's a lifestyle site that's expanding to include lots of amazing lifestyle resources that will connect you with other like-minded folks. And remember to stay sexy and healthy and follow all the suggested protocols issued by your local health authorities. Wash your hands avoid touching your face, practice social distancing, and please wear a mask. And of course, continue to listen to our show and visit our website, thesexylifestyle.com. That's it for our show today. Coraline Jewel, thank you so much for being here. 
Thank you so much for having me. It was really fun. It was an absolute blast. And like we do every week, we want to thank all our listeners for being there week in and week out. Yeah, join us again next time for another hour of The Sexy Lifestyle, talking about sex, sexuality, and all the fun ways to spice up your sex life. Well, that's it for today, everyone. Remember, stay safe and, of course, stay sexy. Until next time. Thank you for joining Carol and David for this week's edition of The Sexy Lifestyle. We've got another one lined up next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The weekend is just around the corner, so try something new. Spice it up. And you just might have the best sex ever.